Yo. Hey. Can you hear me? You listening to Hashtag W-A-W. What a week. Welcome to Wow, What a Week, part of the Africa Podcast Network. Reach us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. It's a week where the country hits stage six load shedding, but your mind might feel like it's on stage 10. Hopefully, we can get you to about stage two, mentally speaking, of course. So thank you for joining us yet again. This is Wow, What a Week. What a Week. You can't make this shit up. So, what do you get when an insurance salesman, a call center agent, creative director, and a corporate communications person start a collective? Well, Goliath and Goliath and Goliath and Goliath. There's a lot of them, eh? Okay, not a punchline by any means, but that answer has provided a lot of entertainment and enjoyment. And today we have one of those Goliaths in the building. Please give a wow welcome to Jason, strangely sexy in a, why do I find him so sexy kind of way? Confusing. Goliath. Wow, 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 wow. Jason. You see, I did a special one there, Wow, 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 wow. It's yours, it's yours. Custom. Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> wow, dude, stop. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you know, one bought a ticket here. The jokes will not be great. When did you get to dad joke status? I, I'm, I'm, I'm very offended. Listen, I'm not a dad, but I am over 40. And as you know, uh, a man's motor plan basically finishes at 40. I know you're not supposed to ask people, you know, when do they plan to have kids. Mm. But do you and Sean plan to have a family by any chance? No. Or am I stepping over a line? No, no, no. I mean, I'm, I'm wearing a condom right now. I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm not taking they were any no. chances. Yeah, and also fertile. Eldorado Park. <laughs> the, most, the most fertile specimens. No, listen, if I flirt with you for too long, too long uh, you're nauseous in the morning. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No, so, so you know, Sean and I uh, got, got married late. And I think just made a decision that we're not going to have kids because of peer pressure. Because I know so many people that yes, have yes, kids. Yes, yes. Not because they want a kid. Uh, not because their dynamic needs a kid and for me I was just sick and tired of people looking at it as a win-lose and for me it's a win-win like it's a win if we don't we'll live rock star lives and yeah, yeah. the choices are simple you know have kids or do whatever we want uh, or we'll win because I think we'll be great parents if I do put one past the keeper and you know accidents happen so we're ready for anything but the choice is not what was it about sean that said um i think she's the one apart from the fact that yes i can pronounce her name yes because yes. it looks like cyan yes yes many people get it cyan is my favorite version in, in, in fact from elders i expect you to call her cyan because no, she comes from paul yeah. so you know she, she comes from paul and in paul cyan is a name that's wow. you know what i mean so 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 yes i'm i married a girl named boy that's <laughs> essentially essentially no that's not <laughs> you, you, you know what it, what it, what it was? Yeah. Is, it, it, I, I can't explain this, but I've never met anybody who felt like... It, felt enough, what? Enough to say what? No, like enough. Oh. Like okay. I can't explain it. Like Because I believe that in, in, in order to, to have the thing, you need somebody that's strong enough to push a, and keep you up. Uh, but not weak enough to fold and not too strong to fold you. Gee, and com- find, comedians are so deep. Find somebody. Okay, so the right tension between the two of you. The right everything, the yes. right energy. The first time I saw her, I was like, that's my size. We. Yes. She'd worked with Donovan. That's born. Yeah. And, and it took months. Donovan didn't introduce me. Because, you know, Donovan is famous for not giving through balls oh, yes, to anybody. Yes, yes, yes. Loves receiving a pass, but has never passed a ball in his life. And I kept saying to Don, Don, introduce me to this thing's my yes, size. Yes, Don, yes, yes. This is my size. And she ignored me for, she ignored me for months. And then eventually, 
got to talk to her because you know I'm like you. Yeah. Where in in I mean you know you do well in nightclubs behind the decks, but if you're on the dance floor, you and me are not nightclub spec because we just look like Shrek in that yeah. lighting. And and I've seen you dancing, so you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. So but 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 our English. Oh yeah. You want to put me at a pry face to face. Ah, it's and then fun. once the English was in, ah, then she saw the the you know. You know. in, in fact, the first time I met Sean, she um, was uh, was a marketing manager at a casino. She was she was PR manager, yeah. PR, PR manager at a casino, and we're shooting the cover for Fresh House Flavor Seven, and she let her she let us use the casino. They they brought us all these chips, yeah. But I I, I, I I naively forgot that those chips are worth a lot of money. Of course. So when the chips were brought into the room where yeah. we were shooting, it's literally a security procedure. Well, it's money. And it's money. We're, we're literally playing with hundreds of thousands of rands of chips just to shoot a CD cover. And we like, throw them in the air and catch a shot, and then they'd have to come back and count them and make sure that every chip is accounted for. I want you to know that, that I don't think that was casino procedure. I just think that's when you have DJ Fresh procedure. I don't mind. I'm not sure exactly that that's like, that's how they treat everyone. <laughs> just like, yeah, let them in, but make sure the, the MIBs, they call them, the men in black are there. Does getting into a committed relationship change in any way the complexion of the comedy you do? So for me, I think it, it it dramatically changed it. So I don't think that applies to every comic. But yeah, I yeah. do personal introspection about what's happening in my life right now, what I'm feeling, what I'm learning, what I'm going through, what I'm surviving. Um, so obviously my comedy has now, a lot of it has become about relationships, mm. uh, wife. I mean, um, my so last... You've turned into content, basically. You know... Sorry, Sean. Yes. And also, baby, thank you. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I appreciate you, my darling. What's the biggest gag your relationship has given you in your career the biggest gag my relationship has given me is i do i do a bit about this app called clue okay. which i feel is not only the biggest gag but it's the biggest piece of relationship advice i can give any married man please advise us so, so i failed so listen we we, we and this is exactly how it, how it happened we got yeah. back from honeymoon um and that's for those of you that aren't married that's exactly when the change happens because they're a very different animal a fiance and a wife that's a very different animal trust me trust me so we get back and as the the her metamorphosis into wife is happening she goes you need to download this app called Clue. I go, what is Clue? She goes, Clue is a menstrual cycle tracker. Oh, and wow. so, so I make a joke and I go, oh, does that mean uh, because I'm married, I'm going to menstruate too now? And she goes, no, don't be a fool. This is serious. Uh, you got to download the app because the app is how I track my cycle. So she uses this app. She gives it information. The app then becomes an intermediary between her and a gynae. Then she said, I can share my cycle with you yes. so that you know what's going on in my body. Best advice Ever. So I do a whole bit about having this app and how I use this app, like how you use the weather service. In fact, in fact, um, I can only imagine because obviously um, closer to ovulation, uh, she'd be at her friskiest. Yeah, hundreds of so, so you can actually get away with way more. The app tells you. You can ask her to put one leg on a chandelier and another leg at the gate during the day of ovulation. You don't need to pass on that day. You don't need to pass your man that day. Where are we showering? Shaving. If she just sees you under pente, corner of her eye. Are you never okay? It's, I always go like the whole month, her engine is like a Cressida. Yeah. Yeah. On that day, yeah. on ovulation day, the uterus is glowing, chap. It's like it's his finger. On ovulation day, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, you pull out camera and point the next day. 
yeah, there's an arm that comes out and just, yay. Anyway, so we, we have you here for you can't make this ish up. <laughs> the Dalai Lama is in pool for asking a boy if he'd like to suck his tongue. Can, we, can, I, can I just say that it, uh, apparently R. Kelly was like, yeah, you see, you guys were on me. You see, you see, this is natural. This is natural. This is because I was grossed out. Yeah. I was grossed out on all of the levels and, and also angry because the initial response is the Bali just goes, I'm sorry, I'm old. In fact, there are people who try to justify it by saying, but we know old people do things like yeah. that. But they shouldn't do things like that. No. It, 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 we, we, I, we had an uncle when we were kids. Yes. He had a, like a big beard. Yeah. And he loved kissing all of us. He, like, he loved kissing all of us. And whenever he was around, for me, it was a trauma because I know I'm going to get a big kiss. But also, he'd also feel the girls to see uh, your breasts growing. And then he'd touch us, like literally... And you peep, peep, peep. The, the family? No, no, like you peep and go, and then go, yeah, yeah. Oh, like you're growing. My, but that was him. There was nothing appropriate about that. But because he's that uncle, it, 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 he gets away with it. And I, so, so for me, I'm sick and tired of us allowing that uncle to go, no, but you know how he is. He just likes gentle fingering. No. Yeah. The, the body mustn't touch people. Absolutely. No, but you know how he is when he drinks. Yeah. You know how he gets, he's just friendly. And what you know what that pisses me off the most? Yeah. It's the wife that's normally protecting him. Mm. His wife is normally the one that's defending him, going, ah, you know how he is, you know when he drinks. Then I'm like, firstly, why has this body got a vest on? At all points, his shirt is off, the vest is on. Now once you see the vest, you must now start tucking because the, uh, uh, uh. No, so, so firstly, I think it's gross. I think there's no excuse. Mm -hmm. And I also think that just speaks to the truth of what type of human the Dalai Lama is. I want to be on his side. I want to be there for what he stands for. I want to be there for peace and for beauty. And for but even Buddha is like, don't rub my tummy anymore. Don't touch me. You know? Because I don't know if you're wearing underwear underneath this thing. Are you wearing a nappy? <laughs> like, what are you wearing underneath this thing? Because any man who's too free at any point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. At, at some stage, a TP will be erected. Come on. Pun unavoidable. So Sorry. you must remember, before anybody comes to me, this man looked the child in the child's face and said to the child, do you want to suck my tongue? In fact, after kissing the boy initially, he's silent for a sec, almost like he's asking himself, should I? Do I shoot my shots? <laughs> Am I the only one who saw that? No. I mean, he looked like he's asking himself that, you know, there's people, there's cameras, there's mics. Do I shoot my shot? Because will I see this boy again? That's what it looks like. His new name is the Dalai Lama. The Dala, because he Dalas things he's not supposed to. Or the Dalai Lamza. Because he's about the Lamza, clearly. No. I I I say the Dalai Lama must fall. Hashtag. The Dalai Lama must fall. Um me and R. Kelly are on the same page in this way. What that you see? You see? You yeah. R. Kelly is like, yeah, you see, I'm in jail. People are not playing my songs, but the Dalai Lama. In fact, speaking of jail. Um, it's, I mean, it's been probably caught the country's imagina imagination for the last four weeks. Yes. Uh, Tabo Besta mm. um, arrived in town. Uh, yeah, I think they landed Thursday morning yeah. at Line Syria. Yes. And I'm told that Nandipa is already in bloom. Um, apparently, is already in bloom. Yeah. That's how fast they are going with that. So they're pushing. H how have you been feeling about uh, this Tabo Besta story? Firstly, I think it's the most ridiculous thing that we've seen in years. Yeah. Uh, I liked, I think my, my favorite comment was the opening line of uh, Kyle Langer's uh, comment was, uh, I don't think he's smart. I think he's brazen. Yes. Because I think a lot of people are like, this guy's a genius. Then I'm like, no, this guy's just got balls and he doesn't have a sense of consequence and believes he can get away with anything. He's who he thinks he is. Absolutely. And if half of us used that, 
positively, yes. we'd actually get far. We would achieve amazing things, especially in a world where everybody's scared of the consequences. There's a saying, you must have the balls and the confidence of a construction worker hitting on a girl he knows he has no chance with, yes. but he does it anyway. Yes, yes. the brow whistling for the girl, jumping yes. out of a Range Rover. He knows there's no yes. chance. But he's still... I want to shoot my shot. The, he, he's not, not you, Dalai Lama. Not you. Now, what makes this worse is we exist in a country where consequences are few and far between. Yeah. So you can get away with a lot of stuff here. You got, a, you got a bit of money. Even if you're a bit good looking, you can get away with a lot of things here in South Africa. Um, so it's, it's wonderful for me to see some sort of repercussions and hopefully that becomes like a thing for other brazen people. Oh, there's some crazy people. And I think COVID also put people in a headspace where now mm. people are wanting to take more chances than ever. I've been broke enough to think about robbing a bank. I've you been know? that broke. I've been that broke. But then I think about jail. Oh, yes. And then I go, jail is for thin people. Mm. Because I'm a buffet in the jail. I'm don't, you know what I mean? I can't double best at that thing. You're lunch and dinner. 100%. How am I going to escape? There's, no, there were two bodies that were transported out in one truck. <laughs> what do we... G4S were in uh, Parliament uh, this week, and obviously they were bumbling through it. Dugs. Like they bumbled through the whole thing, not being able to give answers. I don't know. Um, Tabubesta is what, mm. 1.7 meters tall? Yeah. The body they found burnt in mm. the cell is more than 20 centimeters taller, shorter, shorter. But nobody ever looked at that body and said, ah, but Fred, surely they, they don't shrink. Have you ever put Vors in, in the air fire? fire? Have you ever put Vors in the air oh, fire? Do you think they looked at it like Vors? I think the, the Vors shrinks a bit. The Vors shrinks a bit when it's heated to... Uh, you know, and these are simple things. They, they look at the fat on the floor, guys. The coagulation is obviously... It's, it's, so what scares me is, and I'm glad that that judge is being rough on those guys, but when I look in their eyes, it doesn't matter how much they bumble, I don't see any fear of consequence. I see guys that are going through a process that they, it looks like they already know what the outcome's going to oh, be. Oh, yes, yes. They already know that... We're we, sorted, we're protected. We, we, so it doesn't matter what we say, we can bumble and fumble, but what are you going to do? In fact, another thing you can't make up is how three sorry-looking individuals are apparently behind this entire plan. They, they, they hardly look like they could arrange the opening of a tap, these guys, with all due respect, of course. But they planned this elaborate, we're going to burn this no. body and, and we're going to get a guy out of jail. I believe that South Africa at the moment is just give the people what they want. And even if it doesn't look anything like what it's supposed to, just deny, deny, deny. Yeah. There, there were people saying, so did AKA's murderers stop at every KFC from Durban to Cape Town? Because how, how did they put on so much weight from the time if you look at the first? And then we were all like, yeah, thank you for catching them. Becky, we love Becky. When Becky is the David Plain of police officers. Yeah. Smoke and murders, my friend. Smoke and murders. Then they just go, no, but this is the stuff you wanted. These guys are obviously... But even with the AKA one, though, um, as soon as someone pointed it out and you slow down the video, the shooter runs like a girl. The shooter looks like a girl. Looks Frame, like a girl. The body language, the everything. body, the, the palm, everything. Now you're going to go and fetch Big Zulu there and say, no, it was him all along. Come on, get out of here, man. Now, you have a mantra. Yeah. Um, happiness is a choice. Yeah. How did you get there? Man, I think I got there because I was desperately unhappy. And, and the things that made me desperately unhappy were the things that kind of the world told me that I was supposed to have. Like like what? Uh, like I was... Oh, because you were living with your mother and you were past 30. Well, <laughs> yes. And, and that's what you do when you, when, you, when you go broke. There's no house like mommy's house. Yeah, I'm not ashamed. Ma, I'll come back. I'll no. come back now. It, 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 it is what it is. But you were in insurance sales. Yes. And you guys are meant to be making money. 
And in 2008, how, how, how did it go wrong? So I, I, I started in, in sales. We then opened a, a brokerage, a, a business partner, and I. You see, the problem then, is that you call yes, a brokerage. Yes. And so then you went broke. We went very broke. Very broke. And then 2008 came. And in 2008, I realized South Africans would rather pay for their DSTV than their life cover. Mm. They care more about entertaining their kids in the short term, yeah. protecting legacies in the long term. And uh, we tried to diversify, did some business with some bad people, and went under in spectacular fashion. And that's where the mantra started is because in my 20s my happiness was linked to my bank account when I had yes. bucks I was in a good mood no bucks bad mood it was a very simple thing then I realized that a I'm giving money too much power and B nobody's coming to make me happy I must decide to be happy mm. it's nobody's responsibility it's not my wife's responsibility it's not my mom's responsibility it's not my friend's responsibility uh, they can be catalysts they can add to the happiness but fundamentally I've got to find my happiness where my feet are now with my current debit order situation with my overlapping stomach I can't wait until okay I'm out of debt or I've got a new house or I'm in a new relationship mm. I'm out of an old relationship because everybody's vicarious I'm going to be happy when then we don't have time we don't have time to wait find your happiness now oh I'm saving because I want to spend this money when I'm 50 oh. what if you don't make it to 50 what if you don't make it to 50 we're not saying be reckless with your money and your spending no, not at all but if you have a bottle of champagne pop it today it's that saying of plan like you're going to live forever yeah. but live like you're going to die tomorrow it's exactly. that it's that thing of there's there's no gift there's no guarantee that tomorrow's coming so tell her what you must today because everybody's worried about the, the destination then it's not it's every day the journey is, must be a celebration and we're so focused on things that yep. we forget to celebrate and i have it happens to me all the time i was on set last week and i had this moment of taking a deep breath looking around this amazing experience and going this is what I'm working for. Mm, mm. To be able to be part of this amazing world and do this magic of, of TV, it's not the money. The money comes and goes. You spend yeah, the money. Yeah. The only thing the money affords you is experiences and to be present enough to go, this is what I'm working for. Mm. Not money. Mm, Blessing. Mm. Gift. What set were you on last week? I can't talk about it. Jeez. I can't, I can't talk, but I got some nice things. I got some nice things coming. I got some nice things coming. Um, I can't talk about last week, but I can talk about what's out now. Okay. And what you can start seeing. So 23rd of April, uh, uh, Celebrity Game Night Season 4 is back. Uh, That's a badass TV show. It's a, I, I love it. I'm oh like, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked to sit and watch it with the kids. We, we even rerun it ourselves. Thank you. It's, it's in what world do I get to make TV as a comedian where I'm entertaining the kid, the granny, the uncle loves me as well, out of nowhere, the one that doesn't have children, it's, and it's entertaining, come on. And the guests love it because we get paid. Yes. One and of the very few shows on African TV that pay you yes. to be a guest. No, 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 to be a guest on that show, they will collect you in a yes. luxury vehicle, escort you. And feed you alcohol, and send you back home. Have you ever been on another set where somebody collects you with an umbrella when it's too hot from the car? Come on, celebrity game night. They have umbrellas? It's the one. There's a set with umbrellas? There is. Oh, wow. And you just, you came in an overcast day. I remember the day the umbrellas were down. Yeah, yeah, the umbrellas were down, but it was lovely being driven. Fed alcohol, sent back home. Treated nice, treated right. And paid. South African productions, take notes. So you're working on something that you can't t tell us about. Yeah. But so. when will we see it? So you'll see the one I was working on last week, you'll probably see in o October. Um, I've got another cool one uh, uh, that, that, that should be launching in, in July. Yeah. Uh, but what's just dropped yesterday um, is the, the, my new episode of, of uh, Giving It Gears with Jason Goliath on, on Red Bull TV, which is 
I think it's like one of those shows that I just pinch myself all the time because yeah. it's like a thing that I just get to go and tick off bucket lists. This latest episode, I'm with the Drift Brothers, who I've been following for years. Mm. These are German boys that modified M4s. Uh, they brothers and they drift and they compete and they make content. Um, and I got to hang with them. So they were here for in the country for M-Fest. We took advantage of that and got to shoot for a few days. And these are like colored guys. Like if Eldorado Park was in Germany, the same. So they're from the elders of Germany. The el- they, they are the elders of Germany. Yeah. It was like my brothers from German mothers. The best. They just go and watch the episode. If you're into cars, drifting, humans, fun, action. Where do we find that episode? So they the just went episode up. is available for free on, on Red Bull TV. Uh, and Red Bull TV is not like a, a subscription service. Mm-hmm. You don't even need login details. You just yeah. go to Red Bull TV, click the link and watch it for free. It's lovely. There is a, speaking of TV, there's a new series on Showmax. Yes. It's called Adulting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about four gents basically living and loving in Joburg. Yeah. But it also stars... I don't know if you remember Katie, we're from Generations. Mm, mm. Uh, played by Winnie mm. uh, and Chaba. That, that woman lied to us, eh? Why? Because we expected our wives to be like that. We expected our to be on some Yemen Baba. My wife has never said Yemen Baba to me. Never. Never Yemen Puti. Quit Baba. I've never received Baba. Maybe I'm sorry, I'm putting our business in the street. That woman made it look so like. Not, not even role playing, Sean said Yemen Baba to you. No. I, I've never. On record, got a year You're built like a Zulu warrior, ready yes. to go to war for King Shaga. But I am dating. Remember, remember the moment that we all said, "Why did Will Smith laugh before going to slap Chris Rock?" Oh yes. It's because we forget that in that moment, what Chris Rock said was hilarious. Then Will Smith turned his head and looked into GI Jane's eyes. Yes. And, and G. G. my Jane wife, like, is this all you're gonna do? My wife is cut from that GI Jane oh, cloth, yes, my friend. Yes, she is. I'm scared of my wife. I'm afraid. Maybe you don't need to call me Baba. I'll call you my Baba. Anyway, so uh, Winnie, a.k.a. Kitty West. The great wife, yeah. She plays MEC uh, of Arts, Beth. Yes. In adulting. Oh, yeah. And she is loaded, Uh but she's also got a toy boy. Okay. And there's a scene. This is the part you can't make up. Because in my mind, I know how TV works. Yes. It's a character. Yeah. Kitty was just a character. But for me... What blew my mind was seeing her in a bed yeah. with her toy boy. Yes. Her toy boy is wearing a bodysuit. You know how you clip at the bottom there by your nuts there? Oh. This, this dude is wearing this toy boy. He's wearing this uh, oh. bodysuit. Have you ever worn one of those? I've never. I, 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 a clip I, on there. She, she's watching, so I can't confirm yeah. or not Yay. if I worn her bodysuit. Here's what it is. Anyway, he's upside down, right? Going down on her. And she's lying in bed. Obviously, he's going down south. Yeah. And she's losing her mind. Yes. And then when, obviously, uh, uh, the angels start singing, her body starts vibrating. In fact, because you're from Elders, I'm going to use, I wanna use a, an example that makes sense to you. Please. You know when you have a golf one? Yes. And then you have like Rockford Fosquet sound yes. at the back. And everything and your, and your rear number plate is going... Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know the sound exactly. She did that. And add the sounds also. So in my mind, I'm like, so Kitty had sex? <laughs> it's like you're describing, no, but it's like you're describing my mom. That's what I'm feeling like right now. Uh, uh, it's like, uh, it's, uh, what you're describing is watching somebody's mom have, because that's where it's like, yes, she's yes. not supposed to. She's not. The last time she had sex was when she had you. No, and, and, she, and she doesn't vibrate unless <laughs> the child is coming out. No, what is she vibrating for? So in my mind, I'm like, why am I shocked? Ketwe was just a character. So why am I bothered that Ketiwe is now this 
sugar my mule, the toy boy that goes down south and she loses it. Firstly, good for her. Uh-huh. Firstly, good for her. I like when you say good for her and then yeah. you swallow. No, because <laughs> I'm trying to be open-minded. I'm trying to be open-minded and go, but you know, mothers need sex too. Um, and, and they need that upside-down vibrating your cuckoo sex. They don't need normal, exactly. they need that exactly. Because <laughs> imagine how sexy it is to be able to go, pa, and then unclip a man's bodysuit and then release... You know what I mean? This could be this could, this like this is a two finger operation. It's a pa. You know what I mean? Because that's how you do it. How else would you would you release it? Just... I, I think only guys with experience know how to actually release it with one hand. I... Uh, boys don't know how to release it no, with one hand. Because also you you got to release and not have the shoot pass. Exactly. Exactly. Because that's dangerous. Exactly. I'm still I'm just trying to get away get away from the scene. Because she shouldn't be doing the scene. Know what she is? I know that she's a character with a career, but... But listen, shout out to Chedza Pictures. Um, I'm loving adulting. I think the casting is brilliant. Storyline, love it. And just we get to see the other side of Ketiwe. You know, I don't think that South Africans appreciate uh, how great South African content is becoming. Oh, yes. Under the context of the budgets that we're allowed. Now that there are budgets. No, but... but and, and even now that there are budgets, we still... So... so Budget in South Africa is generally it's still rubbish. No, it's generally they they've got a one episode international's budget to do a full season here, and that's considered budget, and that's no joke. So many many of the shows you watch, they've got like like I remember strictly come strictly come dancing. Their budget for the season was the same as the UK budget for one episode, and we're still making good stuff. So we we got writers that are earning next to nothing yes. that are still making yes. good stuff. We got an yep. industry that 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 are not wealthy. You mm, don't make you on mm, TV. You're not mm, you're not making bucks, mm. but it's still coming through. So I just think that the, the talent is exceptional. We have the same problem with SS Got Talent. Yes, where our entire season season was probably less than what each judge in the US or the UK were earning. No doubt. You know what I mean? No doubt. But we still had a kick-ass show and made it work. Came through. So shout out to all TV and movie makers in the country. You guys are making like magic out of nothing. Okay, yes, you do pay rubbish. Yeah. But you're making No, some of you are doing shit. Eh? Some of you are doing <laughs> shit. You know yourself. You know yourself. Some of you are taking chances, rolling the dice with that. Stop it. Finally, uh, in the U.S., the National Recording Registry inducts music from Madonna, Mariah Carey, Queen Latif, and Daddy Yankee. So the National Recording Registry pretty much preserves American history through recorded sound, and is supposed to reflect the nation's diverse culture. Mm -hmm. Now, for me, here is the clincher. Queen Latifah is the first female rapper to join the National Recording Registry with a debut album from 1989. Which was just 19 years old. Why in 2023 are we still talking about the first female to ever do anything in any country? I rather want to talk about why we're still shocked that we're still having these conversations. Oh, but then again, it, it, is, is, it is America. No, 100%. And, and I'm, I'm always trying to say to people, like, every, you know how it is, you do something a little bit well and everybody's going, when are you moving to, the, to America? Yeah. And I, and here's my honest, my honest, and I hate that I'm saying this on your thing because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on me. If you want to feel black, yeah. Go to America. Sure. You want to be, believe me, South Africa, we live so well. You want to feel black, go to America. Don't go to New York. Don't go to LA. Mm. Go anywhere out of any of the big met, metropolitan yeah. And cities. don't go to Atlanta. It's not a reflection on America. 100%. Yeah. You are, I mean, I, I remember Robbie Collins telling me a story that he's, he's, on, he's on stage outside of one of the major towns and literally somebody just from the audience who's a full white audience shouts, shut up, nigga. Oh, wow. Now, if you in South Africa yeah, and you try had to, to say shut up K word, yeah. 
as an as a comedian, I don't have to take care of you. The mm. audience is going to finish yeah. you. But I will come in. I will. I will come and contribute. I will. No, hundred <laughs> percent. But it's going to take me time to get you because just the people around you. Yeah. In the states, the show carried on. Nobody reprimanded the person. Nobody even looked at her funny. The audience was like, "Yeah, what she said." Then you go, no, South Africa is actually lovely. I can't even. Do I want to live, live there? No, I don't. No, yeah. no, I want to live here, here. In, 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 and and a, a, a very wealthy man described it to me when I said to him, "Why do you live here? You don't do business here." He said, "Because I know myself. I need first world things with a little bit of third world thinking." Mm-hmm. And I said, "What does that even mean?" Sure. He said to me, "If I lived in Australia and I got caught for speeding, I go to jail." I live in South Africa, I get caught for speeding. There's a young negotiation period. There's a young window period of luxury. I don't even know why I'm laughing. I should be laughing at this. No, because the more you think about it, the more you go, yeah. Yes, we do need a little bit of third world thinking. It is what it is. I love this place. And our cost of living is not as bad as in a lot of these countries. No, no, we live well. You, You can actually live on next to nothing in this country. Which I think is the blessing and the curse. You yeah. know, one of my favorite comics, Titi Chumia, said, I don't even think he realized how smart the thing is that he was yeah. saying. He said, the major problem he has with South Africa is the fact that in our economy, one man can pay another man's salary with the money he has in his pocket. Oh, yes. And it's that wage disparity thing between haves and have-nots that is a hectic thing. But then when you come to the realities of life, you cannot choose which side of that line do you want to live on. Mm. And I don't think there's an easier space uh, to move above that line mm. than in South Africa. Mm. I think if you put your head down and you work hard here, you can, you can do things, but so, it's not easy. So do you believe South Africa is still alive with possibility? Despite all that is happening, the load shedding, the crime, the assassinations. But I, I, I'm, I'm, I want to I wanna say yes, because I think that we have to. But I think that that possibility, we look for it in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. I think that we live in a dream world. If you, if you think the government is trying to make us a first world country, yeah. if you think politicians go to bed at night trying to think about how to reduce the gap between haves and have nots. Or, 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 or that they struggle to sleep at night. Yeah, 100%. And if you, if you think politicians are idiots... Yeah. then already you've lost the battle. Mm-hmm. I think those are the smartest men in the room, and I think that we get fed what we need to be fed. And if you think about capitalism and the way third world uh, uh, you know, financial ecosystems work, it, it's the easiest way is mm-hmm. to make a handful of people super wealthy uh, and, and they feed off of everybody else. So I, I believe that we've got a better chance of becoming just like most African states than mm-hmm. getting closer to the mm-hmm. first world. Then once you've accepted that, because I'm all about acceptance at the sure. moment, you stop pretending Pretending things are not the way they are. Accept, play the rules of the field. And once you've accepted that our ecosystem is going to divide even more haves and have nots, Mm. which side do I want to be on? And stop being emotional about it. I think that's when we win. Hope, I'm not sure. There's a tweet I read, someone saying, I don't know why you guys keep making this noise about our education. It's not in the interest to have critical thinking educated youth. I listened to, back in the day, there was a Brown 702. He just written a book. I wish I could remember his name. And he just done a study that said that matric South Africans are reading at a standard six or grade eight level in Botswana mm. uh, compared, you know what I mean? Mm. So, so just so how does a grade eight, and then he said, when you understand that the, the DA and ANC, if we look at our two major parties, ANC, their statistics generally matric and below mm. people who vote ANC, mm. DA is generally matric and above, mm. why would you educate people if you knew that the second people are more educated, they are less likely to vote for your party? Mm. There's no incentive even to mm. educate. Mm. So 
why would they bolster the education system? Why would it be improved? No, you, it's that thing of let the people eat cake. Just keep their mouths full and their heads empty and we'll be fine. And 300 rand a month might just be the opium they need. How sad is that, bro? Yeah, because the religion is not an opiate enough, so maybe let's throw oh, in a couple of bucks. A month. How sad yeah. is that? Also, religion is not an opiate enough, it needs to be a t-shirt. I think I'm going to do that. Mm. So I'm a genius, Muslim. Mm. That's also another No, you shouldn't let one casually. That's a big line. That's a big statement. <laughs> you just talk to casually. We're going to carry on. That's a, my dude, I'm being shouted at. Apparently, we're out of time. No ways. We just started. I know we just started. I don't know why they're doing this to me. Come on. Maybe it's because I'm black. Ah. Is it because I'm black? Why is no one making eye contact? If the host was white, would look you be doing this? Yes. Huh? Yes. Huh? Yes. Huh? Huh? Look yeah. at them all looking at Yeah, we would have ended at least 10 more minutes with Gareth Cliff now. Exactly. Cutting it off. Who does Gareth thought of said? Yeah. Oh, no, we'll, get, we'll get more tape. We'll fix it in post. We'll get more tape. But me, I'm being told that time is up. My dude, where do we catch you doing what? Because you are busy. In fact, before you go, I have to ask you this question. Yes. You did breakfast at Kaya. Oh, tragic. But just as you guys were taking off... New management said, uh, is it, hey, hold my beer. If you're going to make a clip of this thing now, if you're going to make a clip of anything I've said, make, make a clip of this. Yes. Make a clip of this. I'm on record. Greg Maluka, most genius radio person in the history of South African radio management. Yeah, yeah. Yes, there were flaws. There's flaws everywhere. You want sure. flaws, go to any big institution. There are little cracks, little, little flaws. The bra gets uh, ambushed. Uh, and instead of dealing with what they say the problem is, they come in and change everything. Everything that so was working. Everything that was that was not only working, but I think bolstering Kaya to be the station of the future. Yes, yes, To, yes, to be yes. the station that can play in all of these spaces that radio is struggling to play mm -hmm. in. Because Greg is a damn genius. In fact, Kaya was a leader in a lot of content that SA Radio is only making now. Not only a leader in content, but I think yeah. the leader in content comes from the fact that they were the leader in seeing who they actually exactly. talking to. The first radio station to and acknowledge what else black middle need. class. What else they need outside of radio? No, but who's acknowledged the black middle class? Yeah. Who, show me one platform yeah. Yeah. that openly acknowledges mm. that there were kids like you and me who had sure. parents who worked a little bit hard to try and send us to a certain place to get us fashion things, mm -hmm. that have an appetite for nice things that are still intrinsically African. There's nobody talking to those people. Then Greg came through with that as his target, which allows him to bring all of this beautiful content that nobody would have dared to think sure. of never mind yep. do then you have you have the bureaucracy of capitalism coming in to go no somebody's got to be blamed somebody's got to fall you whisper in one or two people's ears because a lot of people think that masses make decisions yeah. decisions are made in boardrooms my friend sure. you know that it's, it's hardly a full room no yeah no it's it's one or two people it's personal agendas and i think kaya's current situation mm. is a result of acting on 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 personal agendas sure. instead of acting on business numbers Green. Business numbers and facts. Come on. And 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 I look forward to the day Kaya actually admit that we need that man back, because without him, you guys are rudderless right now. They'll never. And you will keep bringing in they will. your consultants. In fact, I hope you phone him and he says, "Futak." That's the only thing I'm gonna say. I hope he, I hope he presses you here. I hope you know yourselves. I hope he presses you here and goes, "Futak." You bloody foolish. Damn it! It makes me mad. That, that, that whole that whole that whole Kaya situation made me angry. Mm. I think I was, uh, you know, myself, David O'Sullivan, Skumba to a degree, even yeah. um, collateral damage. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, there was there was great thinking, great foresight, great sure. insight, and yeah. just as it was taking off, as this vision was coming to fruition, mm. Mm. somebody made a bad decision. I wouldn't be surprised if we were told the numbers are down. 
in terms of revenue. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I'm sure the numbers are down. Yeah. Who listens to that? I, I wouldn't be surprised that the numbers are down. Who's listening? Who's listening? I don't know anybody that's listening. That, that's my problem right mm. now. Mm. Why? Because they don't know who they're talking to. And before, the reason people listened... It was intentional. They were on purpose. You knew you were being targeted. They were on purpose. Yeah. So now you've got, you've got uh, I don't know, I don't know, what, I don't know what's happening. But it's terrible, it's archaic, and I wish the presenters... Tibos, I wish you luck, my brah. On that note, I think uh, we are done. Yeah, I think I'm done in radio as well. We, no, I feel like. we, we've had our best tea. We've got it off our chest. We've got it off our chest. Yeah, I feel better. My dude, you kick butt at everything you do. And, and that's what I hate and love about you. Because, you know, there's something to hate about the guy who gets everything he does right. But there's also something to love about someone like you who says, oh, you want me to fly a plane? Okay, yeah, step aside. Let me fly the plane. You are that guy. And you will fly the plane. That's what I hate about you. I'm born with that. How hard could it be, Gene? Yes. And it's a problem. That way I look at something and go, if you can do it, then I could probably Like, what's so special about you that I can't do it? And and, and I do that in the context of being a big person. Yes. Because my worst videos is seeing fat people flop online. I'm always like, you're letting all of us down. You know when you see a fat person behind a boat and there's a parachute? I'm like, what are you doing there? <laughs> <laughs> so you also got to know yourself. You also, And within the context of that, yeah, I'm not doing foolish, foolish things, but I do get to do some ridiculousness. And I learned from you, bruh. I've, I've been, you know, a, a, a fan of yours from YFM days. Yeah. Uh, I remember being groggy and bubbleless at Varsity and them saying ah fresh days to come because I was this big guy with a deep voice yeah, and, and, a big, and a big head that's how influential you've been in my life yeah. for more than 20 years Jeez, bro. and I just want to salute not only the 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 because I, I think consistency is the greatest thing that you can pull off in this industry mm. and you've been consistently the big dog mm. when I once teased you on stage and said that you know even 10 year old fresh looked 40 because those are the type of decisions <laughs> that you that you make you always just seem to make adult grown hard man decisions yeah. and I think that that's exactly what we need in this time so thank you for being a light bra and thank you for be having that Midas touch and creating gold and, and for having me on your platform you are you are wonderful you really are ladies and gentlemen my uh, poet Mbongi uh, Jason Goliath is about to leave the building find him everywhere he is everywhere Jason Goliath wow what a week thank you for joining us this is wow what a week. What a week. Tech. His nickname is a robot with soul. Whether that's got to do with his moves on or off the dance floor, we're not sure. But we do know that is he's got an intriguing brain. And that's why we'd like to give a wow welcome to our tech feature guest, Langa Zolo. <laughs> Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, thank you, Big Doc. Now, thanks for joining us. Really Jude. appreciate this, yeah. Um, now, his title, um, you, you've got uh, quite a title and a half um, that I am looking for. Head of Business Strategy at Algo Rocks, MD at Algorithm Lab, co-founder at Algo uh, at Work Robotics Academy. What, what does it all mean? Who uh, are you? What do you do? Who sent you? Goodness. Um, thank you so much once again. Yeah. Um, all of that means very little um, because essentially, you know, if you're building a product, you're building um, 
um, your business, you know, your companies, uh, your movement, um, you, you know, you, you're always, you know, moving from business to content to tech. Sure. You know, essentially. Um, but uh, what it means to me is, um, you know, um, a life with purpose um, and ensuring that we can unlock um, economic opportunities for ourselves as young people mm. um, and ensuring that we can develop the solutions um, to the problems that we see in our society. Mm. So essentially, that's what it means to me. So in simple English, what on earth do you do? Um, so essentially what we do is um, we educate okay. um, about technology. Um, do you run a school? Specifically at the academy. Okay. Um, so we groom talent, we coach talent um, from as young as nine years old. Um, you know, introducing children to software engineering, uh, okay. to electronics, uh, to product development, um, you know, to AI, artificial intelligence. Sure. Um, and in prototyping, building of products, um, whether it's cell phones, whether it's, you know, self-driving cars and that kind of stuff. Now, you say when you were a kid, I mean, you grew up loving playing games like Super Mario and Contra. Yeah. How did you end up here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I wouldn't really. I, I think it's, it's uh, obviously it's um, um, a calling. I, I, I'd like to believe, um, but I think I've always have um, you know had that the love and passion for technology from uh, the days of Robocop, uh, Terminator, for example. Mm -hmm. But I think closer, um, you know, as I grew up, you know, the passion, um, you know, to create um, solutions. I think has has you know was 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 was, was there, and obviously mm -hmm. teaming up with with my brothers that I started the movement with. Okay. That is when we realized that actually um, the easiest gateway is technology because there's no you know barriers you know um, and rules. No, you shouldn't do this. Mm -hmm. you, you shouldn't do that kind of stuff. So essentially, if you can code and and, and build a software, you can the next day launch a product. And that's what we did. You have an academy. Yeah. What do you guys teach there? How do we become a part of this academy? Um, so what, what we teach is um, the fundamentals and the f first principles of essentially developing um, solutions. Okay. And solutions, uh, by solutions we mean it's essentially anything. It could be, as, as I was saying, self-driving car, a smart house. It could be anything. But what, what we essentially, the culture that we, we, we build and we instill um, in the trainees and, and the talent yeah. is essentially um, the culture of realizing the problems that you have in your society okay. and saying, what is it that I can do with the skills that I have, which you then attain at the academy, software engineering, coding, um, the aspect of robotics, we give you electronic um, sensors, mm -hmm. you know, and then you start to put together and design these solutions, these robots, sure. um, essentially, as solutions um, for, for our society. And that is where you, you then start to unlock the aspect of economic, um, you know, empowerment, because mm -hmm. through that, you can then start to look at the IP, I licensing it, putting it to the market and selling it and, and things like that. So before we even talk further about your academy and have parents now wanting to enroll their kids. Are you accredited? How do we know that if I go to this academy, I'm getting value for money, yeah. um, it's not a fly-by-night, yeah. and I'm not throwing my money down the toilet? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's been a long journey, Big Dog, you know, um, because imagine we're starting at 2014, 2015, where there's no accreditation, there's no framework. Yeah. So we had to essentially develop the framework for robotics curriculum in South Africa, mm. um, working with schools. So, but, you know, as we grew, uh, we, the aspect of partnerships, collaboration has been key to us. Um, you know, our, for example, our, our training 
Chinese, uh, what our trainers rather, um, are certified through the partnerships that we have, local and international partnerships that we have, um, for example, one of the companies that we partner with. Um, so that is essentially what gets us, you know, the accreditation that we need, uh, but also most importantly, the resources from industry, as mm. from the technology industry, the, the robotics industry, um, that, that has been also quite key to us to ensure that our product is a product with quality and ensure that it's a, it's a product that people um, can identify with. Okay, so if I enroll my child or myself to yeah. uh, Algo at Work Robotics Academy, yeah. um, I'm getting value for money. That, that, that is it's, correct. It's accredited. It's uh, no one's going to turn around and say, sorry, we don't know who these people are. They're definitely not big dog. And, but and, and, and you know, I ask this again yeah. because a lot of parents have thrown money into careers kids have wanted to get into. Yeah. And tomorrow, jiggy jiggy, we don't know this academy, they're not accredited, your money's gone. I, I see. So I think, I think you know, well, what is interesting, it's, it's quite an interesting um, you know, conversation because the, it, there's a revolution that is as I'm going for the industrial revolution. So what, what is happening is because the, the, the DNA is to say we want um, the, the talent to be entrepreneurs, mm. we want them to launch this product into the market. So that is essentially the biggest value um, that a parent gets, on, or, or rather the talent. So that is where essentially we focus on. We don't necessarily focus largely on certificates, even though they do get the certificates, of course, of participation um, in the causes that they do, mm. um, which is a number of programs. But what is important for us is the exposure, um, industry exposure, the networking element, the raising of funds. Um, so for example, um, our talent has you know, just raised 400,000 rand mm. um, to continue developing their prototypes and sure. launch these products into the market. Mm. So essentially, that's, that's where we wait at, and we do that through the collaborations with, with, with our stakeholders. In fact, I was going to say, who are some of uh, your um, stakeholders, the, the collaborations yeah. you speak of, the partnerships you speak yeah. of? For instance, who is Chieta? Who are SMG? Yeah, yeah. So um, Chieta is a chemicals industry um, education authority um, in South Africa. So it's a chemicals industry, CETA. Um, so yeah, they, they just granted us, um, I think, just less than a million um, to, to ensure that we can um, you know, open up access oh, wow. uh, to children in rural areas, yes. rural schools. Um, so we're running robotics programs and AI programs um, with grade 10 to 12. Um, we work with Moses Kodan Institute, which is a research and development um, agency mm. um, under KZN government, for example. That is, um, they, they gave us the seed funding so that we can ensure that we can launch some of our prototypes and our robots into the market um, that is coming up. SMG, um, you know, slash BMW, um, Umsanga, they, they give us also the support as well, you know, through various means because we, we, we look at, um, you know, different resources that we need within the academy. Mm. Uh, so it's quite expensive um, to have all these sensors, shipping them from China, for example, so that the, the, the kids can start building the stuff that they built. So those are some of the, our stakeholders and partners. What are some of the solutions your students have provided for which community? It's, it's, it's crazy. Um, the stuff that they're working on, um, I think first time when we you know, uh, brought this to the public, people didn't really believe that 10-year-olds can start to develop um, insane solutions. Yeah. Um, uh, so what one um, was Alex Dodd, who's one of our top junior engineers, um, developed is, is just busy working on a conveyor belt um, prototype um, for the recycling industry. So it's usually going to sort out plastics by uh, color and by time. Nice. That is what he's working on. And he be raised, um, I think he's raised about 50,000 rand um, to 200,000 rand so far mm. through MTN Foundation, um, through Moses Godan Institute. Um, Juliana Wright is one of our other top talents. She worked on smart um, social distancing classes during COVID. Um, um, we've got um, Adelaide who is working on a smart transporter case for organs. 
um, for, 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 for the medical industry. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the prototypes um, that they're working on, which are coming out to the market over the next two to three years. What do you say to people who are worried about the rate of automation? Uh, in fact, one of the videos that's gone viral over the last week is a McDonald's store in the U.S. that's fully automated. Yeah. And already people, um, you know, including unions, are saying, but what of our jobs? What yeah. of the people? Yeah. I, I think revolution is always, this is the fourth, right? So those are the first, the second, mm -hmm. and, you know. So I think evolution is always going to happen. I think we, we need to embrace change as people um, because this, this is an opportunity for, to, to, to reconfigure ourselves. Mm. Essentially, who are we? What is our purpose on earth? And, to, what, and to, maybe to reskill ourselves and, and repurpose ourselves. Exactly, and yeah. adapt to the new environment. Mm. So that's that's what it's about. Um, it's, it's, the change is always going to be there. It's inevitable. So, mm -hmm. so, so, so yeah, let's embrace change. Now, you, you, you know, you and your ilk uh, often talk about smart events. And I'd like to think a smart event is not a room full of doctors and engineers and lawyers. What on earth is a smart event? Um, essentially, I think obviously that there's sometimes that there is the, the word smart is often abused. Smart mm. car, smart house, smart this, smart that, you know. Um, essentially, it's everything that you think is smart mm. to you. Yeah. Um, but I think to us in the industry, it usually means um, um, using technologies to, you know, to enhance the experiences for your attendees. For example, maybe you can start to use apps for people to check in. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, you, you can start to pick up data. Making your life easier. Exactly. You know, enhancing and optimizing. So sure. that's usually that, that's, that's what at the heart of the smart movement. Mm. And earlier on, you mentioned some of the kids who are innovators uh, within the robotic space. Yeah. Who are some of the other names we need to remember one day? Um, uh, you're getting me into trouble, but right now we're working with a special cohort. Um, we're calling them the Alcoid Work Mafia. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a group of um, four junior engineers. They're about ages of 15. Yeah. Um, so there's, there's Adelaide Hendricks, uh, there's Juliana Wright, there's Alex Todd. Um, okay, I'm forgetting the other one. Oh, goodness. Mm. Um, so that's a special group. I'm sure there's a robot to help you with that. <laughs> if not, someone will work it's, it's, it's Chivash. It's Chivash. <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> it's Chivash. So they, they are bringing the products, um, you know, over the next year or two um, through the support that we're getting from Moses Kotane Institute. So, yeah, those are the names to, to look out for. Mm, mm. Now, now, early on, just so that we, like I said, I keep asking about this because it's important. Yeah. Um, accreditation. Uh, am I in safe hands? coming to a robotics academy um I, you definitely you are i think i think and the results speak for themselves for yeah. example if people visit our website visit our youtube i'll go to work robotics academy you start to see the stuff that um, our talent is working on and building yeah. um you know when they pitch for example because they attend industry conferences they attend hackathons and that kind of stuff and we don't treat them like kids um mm -hmm. big dog so we send them to industry conferences and they participate with industry professionals and side business and that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um they they work with professors you know um in in in, in in those in, in, in those engagements mm. so essentially that's what it's about it's a revolution that's what it means so it's uncomfortable um, but we are working closely at hand to working with CETAs um, to ensure that you know some of the other aspects um, we can ensure that we can formalize them and put them through into the mainstream sure. uh, edu education market so where do I find Algo at Work Robotics Academy? You can visit our YouTube. We've, we've, we've essentially have got free courses um, on our YouTube or through our website, Algo at Work Robotics Academy. It's okay. Algo at Work Robotics Academy. Um, and you can also visit our website, Algo at Work Robotics Academy .com. Um, You can also check out our LinkedIn. We're quite active on LinkedIn as well, Algo at Work Robotics Academy. So that's essentially where you can find us. But we're based in Devon as well as um, here in Joburg. Brother man. 
the revolution, unfortunately, like you said, will not be comfortable. Uh, there'll be a lot of discomfort. Uh, there'll be a lot of unfortunate collateral damage. Uh, you know, sometimes always will be casualties. There will always be casualties, yeah. unfortunately. But yeah. you know, we can either be ready for the revolution, or we can watch it happen around us and yeah, and, and past us. So I'm um, I'm hoping uh, people will go to Algo at Work Robotics Academy. Yeah. Read up about it. See this your cup of coffee. If your kids are interested in yeah. robotics, coding, etc., then uh, this is your man. Thank you so much, Peter. Really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, amazing work. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, Langa, the human robot Zulu, is about to leave the building. This is... Wow! What a week. What a week. Politics. Welcome to Wow, What a Week, part of the Africa Podcast Network. Reach us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Hashtag... Politrix. We gave him a title last week and thought to change it for a bit of variety. However, all of you expressed a liking to it, so unlike government, we listen. Please welcome back our Minister of Interpretation, Botsang Mudimuwame Muilwa. Good morning, good morning, fresh, uh, uh, and good morning to the viewers and the listeners and the followers. Brother man, a lot of people don't know this, but you are a practicing Buddhist. Yes. The Dalai Lama is in the news. How are you feeling about what's happening with the Dalai Lama? Did, did we have to start a political show with, 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 religion. with, with religion? Religion is politics. Asking a child if they like to suck your tongue is political. <laughs> Look, uh, yeah, I, I, I've been a practicing Buddhist since 1998, actually. Uh, what, what happened in 98 that you decided that, um, I, I'm, I will assume, I'm done with Christianity? I, I, look, I, I've studied before on this platform. I'm a yeah. son of a Lutheran pastor. Sure. I grew up in a Christian family. But I questioned a lot of things in church that got me into trouble with both elders of the church, uh, Christian church as well as, as my own parents. But funny enough... Uh, look, I was looking for a home. I was looking for a spiritual and religious home. Mm, and mm. Christianity was not cutting it for me. There's sure. nothing wrong with it, but it was not cutting it for me as a person. Mm. And I went to study. Uh, I went to do a fact-finding mission. I nearly became a Muslim. I couldn't agree with one or two things. Or I couldn't cope with them. Mm. Uh, you know, one of them is consumption of alcohol. I was not going to teach my wife for any religion. But nonetheless, I still wanted a religion or a spiritual path that will allow me mm. to continue to be practicing an African customs and cultures and all that. Yes. And I'd found a balance in Buddhism, you know, and, and I don't regard it as religion. It's a way of life. It's a, it's a spiritual lifestyle. And I found comfort in that. Mm -hmm. But there were a lot of other things that could have led me to that. For example, being a martial artist, you know, practicing some of the cultures of the Asian culture, had an mm. influence in that. Sure. But with the story of, of His Holiness, uh, the Dalai Lama the 14th, it's an unfortunate situation uh, that has happened. I've actually had avoided to get into, you know, debates and discussions regarding what actually transpired. Why? Uh, because people were going to sit and think that I am defending the Dalai Lama. But also, I don't, I, I try by all means in my life to avoid entering into religious debates. Sure. Uh, if, if there's two wars in the world that have been fought, for the longest time, they are based on religion, most of that. So, so, but yo, you have put me on the spot right now. So, but can we agree, though, that don't ask a child if they like to suck your tongue? 
Well, we, we, we should agree on that, but, uh, uh, but. you see, what happened? <laughs> uh, let, let's just discuss what happened. And it was not for the first time. I, I think this was captured in the international media, mm. so it, it blew out focus. There, there is a Tibetan culture mm. of practice that happens in Tibet, mm. where, uh, you know, South African youth, when they play with you or they tease you, they normally do what they call spouting, like, Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's teasing and playing. True. In a Tibetan culture, there's a cartoon practice in Tibet where they actually uh, stick out their tongue. No, no, that I'm aware of. Yes. And also touching of forehead. Exactly. And exactly. sticking out your tongue. Exactly. But you can't ask a child who's not a Tibetan, do you want to suck my tongue? Well, uh, he, His Excellency, His Holiness, yeah. was very quick to apologize for that. He actually said it in his mouth. Is, is it good enough? Uh, well, what, what what else can you do when you do wrong? And this is one thing I learned from Nelson Mandela. When you do wrong, the most important thing in life and, and the Buddhist culture is first to admit that you have done wrong. You know, that's the first part. It's the most pivotal part. After you have admitted that you have done something wrong, then to go and apologize or do corrective measures. Okay. You know, corrective measures may be to go on a fast, you know, any other manner that you may deem fit and possible. But what more can a human being do despite coming out and saying, for me, uttering those words, mm. whether it was jokingly or I was serious, it is wrong and I sincerely withdraw and apologize. What more can you do that? You show remorse. You didn't waste time. You didn't try to defend it before. But but I, I think uh, uh, the Tibetan spiritual leader did the right thing by withdrawing, by apologizing. And, and, and I think what the Buddhists, you know, could do from Tibet is to try and educate people more and talk more on what is this thing? Because we have seen now many more pictures and videos of the Tibetan people or the Buddhists, you know, sticking their tongue out, but obviously not asking people to suck their tongue, the tongue yes. or, or to give them or what. I, I, I think it was an unfortunate situation mm. that they should put behind them and we move forward sure. uh, you know, as, as the world community. Let's move to coalition governments. Because a lot of us doomsayers like looking at the municipalities that are not working out. You know, whether it's Mekuduleni, um, whether or Josie. And then we turn around and say, shock and horror, that means we are bad at coalitions. But in this country, there's at least another 40 coalition governments that are working. Absolutely. Look, look, uh, in, in this continent, in this, I mean, in this world, and we have had a coalition government, although it was led by the ANCs, the majority party, yeah. but when you look at the, the structure of the government of national unity mm. that moved us from transition from apartheid to what, there was a multi-party kind of democracy and process. But the practice in the world, what South Africa should do, and I think we should start being realistic regarding coalition governments now. If we do not regulate the formation of coalition government, because reality has hit home. It sure. is still at infancy stages now. But we're going but, there. But we are getting there. Yeah. It may, it, I don't worry much about provincial or regional government, but I'm worried about the local where service delivery is based. Mm. Then the national government where the country must be governed. Imagine if what is happening in Swani and Ekurineni and, and Jobek happens at a national level, you know, and, and it will be chaos in the country where security may be compromised, you know, budget may be misappropriated or misused. So we should actually, at the moment, the IEC, 
as well as the legislature, the parliament, they should be now talking. Those committees regarding, you know, uh, electoral processes, they should start looking at coming up with a bill, which may take long, but they may come with simple regulations mm. that actually compels the coalition partners to conduct themselves in a certain manner or certain way for the duration of, of the coalition government in that particular metro or city or what. If we don't come out with regulations, and I can tell you in countries like Israel, India, uh, Pakistan, and Germany, even mm. for example, which are big democracies, they have coalition government, but they've got regulations that regulate the coalition partners to say this is how we are going to conduct themselves. Let me use an example of a Korean. So, for instance, you can't hold us hostage. You feel they're holding us as citizens yeah. as Egyptians. Yeah. And the government has a responsibility, or the Electoral Commission has a responsibility to protect us as voters and citizens. Look at what happened in the Korean. They agree. Five members of the EFF are MMCs, mm. five members of the ANC. Then the ANC members, because of their internal struggles, they protest and they don't show up to take up their position. If there was an electoral mandate or regulation or rule that says once we have agreed on this and it has been signed by all the consent parties who are authorized to sign it, this is what you will do. And then don't stop there. Mm. You must come with the repercussions. If you do not conduct yourself in a manner, maybe they should say, for example, the that party will take over those seats if the first party doesn't show up. But something has to be done. We can't operate in a vacuum. Swanee so had a mayor two weeks now. Now they are fighting to remove the speaker. Jobek, the people in Jobek, the Patriotic Alliance played a very pivotal role in putting the mayor of Swanee, of, of, of Josie, oh, yes. into the machine. Yeah. The PA has come up and said, you know what, this guy is embarrassing us. Let him go. You understand? But look at the strategic move. And uh, uh, Gaitin McKenzie, the president of the Patriotic Alliance, is vacating, if you remember our vocation, is vacating his position voluntarily in the Karu municipality. And the Patriotic Alliance is calling for the mayor of Jobek that comes from a minority party, one seater, two seater, just mm -hmm. like the PA, to move. It may be a move to bring Gaitin McKenzie to be the mayor of Jobek. It may be a, a cure they are going to dangle in front of the ANC, DA, and EFF to say, we have sorted out the car. We are a living example. Mm. We are here to come and clean up the mess in Jobek. We should not be surprised when we see that happening. But again, as, uh, in, in conclusion to this, unless you have another point, the, the, we need to regulate these coalitions. We can't operate in a vacuum. We can't operate like we are playing Mickey Mouse games with the lives and residents of these big metros. And now service delivery is suffering because we literally do not have government. Again, another thing. I was thinking, why should I continue paying my rates and taxes mm. when those that are earning salaries through my rates and taxes and are supposed to render a service, they're not doing their job. Mm. Mm. They're not doing their job. They are not there. We don't have cancer. They're playing politics and not delivery. Uh, exactly. Mm. They're people not delivering. Mm. And, and we are paying rates and taxes in order to receive services. Yes, some services may be happening, but these people are earning, are earning salaries mm. for doing what? Sure. For being on and off, you know, like an indicator of the vehicle. Sometimes you are on, sometimes you are off. And by the way, an indicator of the vehicle, when it's on and off, it's when it's functioning. When it's quiet and dark, then it's not working. Unless you're a BMW driver and you never use your indicator, so we don't even know if it works or not. Uh, we must uh, guess if you're going to turn or not. I don't know. That, that BMW will not like that comment. <laughs> no, no, but BMW know that that driver has never indicated. In fact, our politics is like uh, following a BMW driver. You don't know if they're turning. Are they going left? Are they going right? Are they going to turn? Are they going to drive faster than you? Are they going to come pull up behind you and flash the lights? 
The, look, the country is no longer on autopilot. At some stage, Julius Malema said the country is on autopilot. I think we are, we are worse now. We, 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 we don't know whether this jet is going down. Mm. And on all fronts, in crime, in administration, in finance, everything is going down here. But you know what? With all the issues we're dealing with, all the challenges we're dealing with, are we not being too doomsday in our thinking things are going to collapse? There's going to be a total blackout. There are war zones and life carries on. Look, I, I, I don't think there'll be an absolute collapse. Yeah. I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't, I don't, right. I don't believe so. I, 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 don't, I think we're just a paranoid nation. We are used to comfort. Are we drama queens? Uh, uh, we, we, are, we are more like Americans. We are drama queens. Look at how the country for two weeks yeah. came to a complete standstill and halt for one escapee from prison with a girlfriend, and, and that was the focus of the country. Major things happened. And the people in the, in the Northwest who haven't had water for more than 10 years. Exactly. Life goes on. Exactly. You understand? So major, major things happened in this week that we are covering that people, if they're going to hear about what is happening this week, they'll get a shock of their life because us as, you know, drama queens and kings, we focused on one little thing that excited. It's not little, it may be bigger than what mm -hmm. we're expecting. But again, I don't think there'll be a total collapse. There are challenges. If they are not nipped at a moment... They must still be dealt with. They must still be dealt with. Yeah. If we don't deal with these issues as a nation at a moment, we may, we may find ourselves in trouble. Let's talk about the Al Jazeera Gold Mafia documentary. Um, a couple of South African banks have been uh, mentioned, implicated. Uh, let's talk about that. That, that, that. that didn't come as a surprise to me. And I'll tell you why. Because a lot of South Africans were involved. If you look at that documentary, there are South Africans involved. And, and Zimbabwe, our neighbor, which is relying on us economically, was at the center of this gold. So for those who know nothing about this gold mafia documentary, what is it about, in a nutshell? Well, in a nutshell, Al Jazeera has, for quite a number of years, followed people who are actually uh, mining and selling gold internationally, illegally, not for, for following the proper channels, mm -hmm. you know, like... Uh, you know the old story of what they used to call blood diamonds in 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 in, in West Africa. Yeah. I will I will compare it to that. It may not be blood gold, but it's gold that was mined, you know, and packaged and stamped and 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 authorized illegally, and it used what they call the black market to can get into the hands of uh, people who are actually trading in gold. And mm. it, this unfortunately, it again mainly happened. In, 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 in United Arab Emirates, you know, Dubai was on the picture again and all this. So this is what Al Jazeera exposed. But, but the expose came in a sense that there are key people in the banking sector, in the mining industry, in the, in the international forex trading center who are involved in this. Mm -hmm. Because we should also recall that besides the U.S. dollar, a gold in many countries is a, is a, is a, is a trading commodity. Sure. You can pay your debts, you can purchase with gold, you can exchange gold for money and things like that. So that was the whole expose about this thing. But while it impacts on us, another major thing that has happened, and South Africans are not aware, two of our major banks, again fresh, it was me on one platform in 2017 with, with uh, uh, my, my, my then former colleague Sepo Kadima who exposed to this country and this world that four South African major banks mm. were involved in conniving with 13 international banks. You know, APSA, FNB, NetBank and Standard Bank mm. were involved in, in, in conniving. Our local banks connived within 13 international banks from the US, Germany, 
Switzerland and so forth, to deal with the national currency. I had said uh -huh. in 2017, in a normal country, that's treasonous. Sure. Those bank CEOs and executives and uh, who were involved in that world should have been charged for treason. Our rent is thrown in jail. You understand? Go to jail. Maria Ramos, who was then the CEO or chairperson of APSA, stood up and said, sorry, we did it, we apologize. And they got away with it, slap on the wrist, fine of 25 million US dollars, I mean rent, which is the maximum amount that they could be fined. But at the moment, again, it's an international, two banks, Standard Bank and APSA, are begging the picture to say they are involved mm. into this whole Gold sucker uh, uh, that is that is that is actually illegal and 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 very risky. People's lives are being threatened at the moment regarding that whole gold mafia uh, process. I want to open my eyes very wide and my ears and watch how is the Reserve Bank going to deal with this matter because we have had an experience already in a different manner. Mm. But they are being mentioned. We, we shouldn't run into you know throwing stones already now and accuse them of. Of, of having have committed a financial international transaction crime. We shouldn't do that. Mm. But the fact that they are being mentioned and it's going to make some of us to open our eyes very wide and fully. It's a matter of concern. It's a matter of concern. Mm. Then our banks, every time there's international money laundering, there's international fake uh, transactions and wrong transactions, our major banks are involved into this. And as a nation, we shouldn't let such to happen. I want to see how Kuvadia is going to come out now mm. and, and, and explain what is happening. But we know in South Africa, when, when you are caught in a corner, you'll be even like G4S. We'll say, we'll come back with the answer. This is still under investigation. That's the best way to can get out of trouble in this country. <laughs> we investigate perpetually. Sure. And you get away. The case dies its natural death while you are still investigating. In fact, since you've taken us here, G4S finally showed up in Parliament a week later. Um, having given them a middle finger before saying you must subpoena us. And, you know, obviously portfolio committee members not impressed. Um, they feel that you've told us nothing. You've told us nothing we haven't read about in mainstream media. Um, and you want us to believe that these three pathetic-looking people pulled off this elaborate, elaborate heist. What are, what are your thoughts about this? I, I like the way you, you put it, that actually what they told Parliament, it's actually what Parliament knew yeah. from the social media or any other media platform. They didn't say anything. They, I, I had found the G4S leadership that went to Parliament to be very arrogant and evasive as well. You know, they were arrogant from the beginning. They continued in Parliament. They answered questions, but they actually said nothing. They were puffing air. They said what we knew. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, one of the MPs who's a former... Uh, NPA officer, uh, uh, Brayton Bach, who's a MG of MP. You could see that that's a former attorney or, 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 or prosecutor asking questions. She actually filmed at the way they were responding to this. And when she, she asked how many people were on duty that night, it was 23 people. And out of the 23 people, only three were charged and dismissed. Uh, one of them who was the supervisor, superintendent that evening. Now, now I, I, again, people will say we are pulling race into this thing. Only three black men uh. were charged and chased and fired from their job regarding this whole thing. And when did it happen? It happened after the media and the public outcry. And, and they, they basically put it on issues of you didn't follow procedure. You know, like at work when you do wrong, you didn't follow procedure. Therefore, they are not giving us the bigger picture of how this whole thing was masterminded. It was elaborate. Exactly. Mm. Now we are going to, to, remember they also denied until last week, G4S was still denying that Bester is the person who died in there, despite, you know, the medical reports. But we are going to rely on courts 
uh, something very crucial happened on the day these uh, 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 two fugitives were brought into the country. And, and this is also critical. The, the former justice, Edwin Cameron, mm -hmm. who is the presiding officer or the chair of the, the Justice uh, 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 Commission, mm -hmm came out and spoke now, you know, for the first time after this, and said even when they investigated this case, when it was exposed and reported before October last year, mm. there were questions that G4S did not answer, mm. and that could have helped them at that time to can resolve this thing. It was very clear they could have picked it up at that time that Tabo Bester is no longer in his cell, and actually he was aided to get out of the cell. But, but you know what is, what is scary? What is scary is fresh. Tabo Bester was sent to prison for rape and murder, two of our highest crimes in this country. Mm. And you find people, normal people, whether in or outside the country, conniving mm. with that particular person. It, it should be worrying as a nation. Why would you do that? But the other part is, and this is the part is simple. Every, every man and woman has a price. Well, how much price, how far can a price go? Let's say they were bought. You know, you, you, you should have bought at least 100 people here. So he must have been loaded with hell loads of money to can pull this. You can buy an assassin for a thousand rand. Now, now let's look at, let's flip the coin. Yeah. Let's, let's not talk about the, those corrupt government officials and accomplices who were bought. Mm. Let's look at the victims of families of victims mm. that were raped and murdered by Tabo Bester. Okay? And we look at the arresting officials at that time when he was charged and prosecuted in 2011, 2012. Mm. And we look at, uh, at the media that knew him. He was a Facebook rapist. Facebook is a media platform. Mm. Now, you want to tell me that all of the people who are on Facebook, who are in the media, who are in the news, the arresting officials, the, the, the normal not bribed warders mm. who saw that video of Tabo Bester making rounds as way back as, you know, as, uh, 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 April or whenever was it in 2022 addressing an international conference or yeah. seminar. Mm. You want to tell me that no family member, nobody picked it up. Nobody said, but I, this is looks familiar. Not one person picked it, it up. It's impossible that mm. that could have happened. It's very scary mm. uh, that the even, you know, I know how policemen work. Once they have achieved such a big case, it's an achievement for them. And as I, let's say the policeman does not watch social media, but families of the victims, and nobody said anything until somebody, you know, miraculously took a photo of them at Woolies. Because someone has nice skin. Uh, yeah, exactly, you understand? So, so I, I, again, I don't want to believe the nice skin thing, but there's, there's quite a number of high-profile people who are involved into this process. And it's going to start... You believe so? I, I strongly believe so. Yeah. I've communicated with quite a few people. Mm. And, and one of the people that I spoke to is somebody who is in the medical industry, who has very close ties with uh, Dr. Panzi's, you know, friends and family mm. and all that. And when you hear the names of the people that have been mentioned into this high profile... So I started doing my own profile of what has happened. You must look at the people who were on the A-list of those conferences. Mm. And it was not only Dr. Nandipa's conference. There was also Dr. Panty conference or mm. workshop or seminar. And, and it's the same bunch of people that were going around that cycle, supporting each other, black women educated, supporting each other, doing things together. 
trust me, the nation is still going to see a lot in this. I don't think it's those three waters now. No, they were involved. You know, today or tomorrow, we are going to see uh, who's that guy who uh, fiddled with the electronics, the cameras, and what. Yes, yes. Those are low hanging fruits. You know, somebody must have been somewhere uh, uh, commanding this whole thing. And and I think this is much more on money laundering and 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 human or woman trafficking. I think this, for me, Double Bester is a rapist and, and a fraudster and a murderer. Now, you, you, you want to deal with money and sending women, sending them to Dubai, and they are beautiful, educated, and in businesses. Who's your best bet? Mm. Is the greatest rapist mm. that has led beautiful women into his corner. So you will go and hire that person, put money on that person to can go and focus on bringing the beautiful ones, the educated ones, those who are vulnerable and those who want to live in the limelight and who need money. I don't think this was a very simple thing that had to do with Tabo Bester escaping from prison. And, 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 and again, we shouldn't put a blind eye that Tabo Bester at some stage, you know, I laughed because I used to do that as a photographer and a youngster. He was a beauty queen, beauty pageant organizer. So, so his relationship with beautiful women did not start now. Did not start with Dr. Nandipa. It started very, you know, years, many years ago. That's one element. The second element also is, you look at all these women who are being implicated, mentioned. They are all well off people. They are people who are educated. We assume they're well off. Well, well off in a sense that they are not poor. Mm. You know, in a sense they are not rich, but they are not poor. They, 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 they now had to be rich and come into the A-list level of who's who in the money in South Africa. And again, money, greed, uh, uh, is the root of all evils in this whole process. But I hope one of the peoples who are involved in this is going to stand up and sing. Do you think Dr. Nandi Pa will sing, maybe be a state witness? serve a couple of years and walk away into the sunset? If, if, if I was Dr. Nandipa's legal advisor or family member, she has two options. She goes to jail for a very long time, but, and the state has already said mm. there may be other charges that are going to be added. I would, I would actually choose, instead of going to jail for 15, 20 years, and reign my life permanently, I'll start singing, I'll start talking. You know, it's mm. not the apartheid era, Muzabalazo now. I'll be an impimpi. I'll tell the truth. You will risk that you are being going to be killed by those people. Mm. Uh, uh, but I'll deal with that after. In, uh, when you go to jail, she's young. She, she's got kids. She, she still has a career that she has an opportunity to rebuild. Mm. We can't take away that from her. I will tell the truth. I will, I will stand up and tell the truth. If heads roll, let heads roll. And, and, and I don't believe in state protection. But again, we have seen what we have heard what uh, Minister Becky tell him mm. when they were deported back in South Africa, what he had said to say uh, Dr. Nandipa uh, 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 cooperated mm. with the police, Interpol, and authorities in Tanzania. Mm. That, that, that's a step ahead. So let's hope she will continue cooperating. In fact, let's talk um, border treaties, immigration extradition, deportation, because those are some of the words that have been thrown around, given how easy it was for us to get them back here. 
Yeah. And in fact, other people are saying, if it was so easy to get them back here, why is Bushido not here? Why are the Guptas not here? And, and I mean, you've done extensive work in uh, border management, border legislation. As the has been looked I hear you fresh, and, and uh, the media and the public are saying, but why is it now difficult to mm. extradite Bushir and the Guptas and all other people that we want in the country? It is not that easy. In this case, it's a totally different dimension. Mm -hmm. There's a whole difference between an extradition, that's, that's when a country requests another one to come and face trial, to come and face prosecution and charges in a country. There's a whole process regarding that. It also depends if both nations have an extradition agreement. And, uh, you know, and, and, and there's countries like, for example, Botswana mm. has a capital punishment. And a lot of countries which are against capital punishment would hesitate to can extradite somebody to the Republic of Botswana if that person is going to face extradition. But this case of uh, Dr. Nandi, as well as Bester, and, and I also know the next question people will have is why not the Mozambican nation, and I'll come to that. It, 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 it had nothing to do with extradition, because first of all, they were on the Interpol radar. Uh, South Africa is a member of Interpol at some stage. We chaired Interpol under uh, uh, Commissioner Jikisilebi. So they were on, the, on an Interpol radar, but they entered the, the Republic of Tanzania as illegal immigrants, mm. something that we struggle with a lot in South Africa. Now, once you enter... So, so could we learn from how swift the Tanzanians were? Well, we can, but there's challenges that we are facing. And I think our immigration regulations are very clear on how we should be dealing with, with, with deportations. But in this instance, mm. it was not difficult. And there's nothing sinister about this, in my opinion. These people had entered the Republic of Tanzania, as illegal immigrants, whether they went under the fence, whether they crossed the river, but they crossed the border illegally. So now once you have people uh, in, in your territory that are illegal immigrants, the very first thing you do after detaining them is to de determine and ascertain their nationality. In this instance, it was not difficult. Even if they had various passports of various countries, one double best there was a wanted fugitive from, from, from law or criminality. But with Dr. Nandipa, she, she was not a fugitive from prison. She didn't escape from prison. So she was just there illegally. So what happens in this instance is South Africa moved very swiftly by sending three important uh, uh, key you know, elements, the police, you know, the, the top brass of the police were there, the, the justice system, and, and, and then we have the South African High Commission in, 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 in Dar es Salaam. Mm -hmm. And they played a role to say to the, to the, to the Tanzanians, uh, Dr. Nandipa is our citizen, is, is a South African. So when they take the fingerprints and tested them, you can do that in a few hours. Mm -hmm. You can go to prison, take the fingerprints, and I've done that several times in my life in a foreign country. Take the, the fingerprints of the suspect, Go to the South African High Commission, or you can actually fax or email them from wherever you are with technology disease to Home Affairs to verify. Once they are verified, Home Affairs will send back to Tanzania a, a, a confirmation to say, yes, that's a South African citizen. In that instance, the Tanzanian, because they are sitting with an illegal immigrant, they will hand over that particular illegal immigrant to the Republic of South Africa. And this is what transpired in this instance. But with, with uh, uh, extra, uh, you know, this, uh, uh, extraditions, it has to take care of the human element, mm. you know, the criminality and things like that. That's much more complex. There's nothing special about what has happened now. It's a normal process, and due to the bilateral and diplomatic relations between the two countries, it was not difficult to mm -hmm. have them back into South Africa, particularly Dr. Nandipa. In fact, you've escorted a prisoner from South America, haven't you? 
uh, 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 sources told me. You know, your sources, I, I gave him right in these days. Yeah, it was, it was yesterday, yes, as many years ago. Eh? It has happened that I, I had to actually escort and fly with a, with a South African citizen who was a drug trafficking prisoner. She was arrested in Brazil mm. and, and she spent time. It took me two years in my official capacity as a consular official, two years she can secure extradition of that particular prisoner. Why did South Africa want that prisoner to be extradited? Not all others who were drug traffickers prisoner. That particular one, one, mm. she had a mental problem. She was actually a mental patient who was stolen from a mental institution in South Africa. Oh, wow. It was anybody knew. Doctors mm. were involved, you know, everywhere. So she was used as a drug, drug as a meal yeah. to do that. And and obviously we had to provide consular services and protection as a citizen of the country. Mm. And it took two years to can secure that person back in South But what was important with that prisoner uh, uh, is that uh, she was willing, you know, people who have studied psychology and all, they were telling you that even an insane person at some stage in your life, whether under drugs or what, there's a lucid interval where your mind works. Mm -hmm. At some stage, it works normally. You can really, whether it lasts five or ten minutes. And she started singing. She started talking who she is, where she comes from, her real names, and then she was working with doctors, drug traffickers. Boom! Mm -hmm. Subs got excited and interpreted like, we want that person back into South Africa. The Brazilians cooperated, and we had that prisoner back in South Africa. I don't know what happened after my duty was to make sure that that citizen has been, you know, escorted back into South Africa. But you know what was funny? Mm. Uh, uh, is that in the flight, she was sitting in the first class, and as a public servant, I was sitting in the economy class, but there were Brazilian and South African cops who were sitting in there, and she cooperated all along. So mm. cooperation with authorities and law enforcers is very important. But my concern uh, was the well-being of a South African citizen. Mm. So, so these are, these are possible avenues that the state could use. And in this instance, I must say, uh, South Africa acted swiftly. I know there's criticism to say, no, they didn't do the job, they didn't arrest them. Uh, I don't think that's true. We have heard from the authorities of both countries to say it was a joint collaboration, it was a joint effort. There were private security companies involved. And I think the country did the right thing so far mm. by deploying the right people. We missed a whole my face a little bit there. I, I I think part of that team should have included high-ranking officials of Home Affairs. But anyway, Home Affairs has representatives abroad. You know, they could have had an immigration official stationed in mm. Dar es Salaam. Uh, but I think the country has done very well in handling this issue so far. I just hope the justice system, our problem now is the court and the justice system to follow procedure and handle this thing as accurate as they've done now in order not to let this slip through their fingers. Or else, we're going to find ourselves with egg on our face whereby we had a case and due to bundling and mm. doing wrong things, mm. then, then we may lose it at the end. Uh, and uh, quickly, before we let you go, uh, we can't not uh, discuss this. So the Helen Sussman Foundation uh, told the courts uh, earlier this week that Minister Aaron Mosraledi from uh, the Department of uh, Home Affairs' uh, decision to terminate the ZEP was irrational and unfair. So as a former diplomat, well, you'll be a diplomat for the rest of your life, but as a diplomat and someone that has dealt with border issues, uh, where do you stand on the ZEP issue? And, and I must say, as you stated, where do I stand? And this is in my personal capacity yes. in responding to this. Look, 
Uh, I, I, one, I don't think uh, Minister Mutsalidi acted irrationally. I don't think so. Mm. The, the, I know personally there were a lot of engagements prior to the Department of Home Affairs arriving at that decision. And it took years. It didn't take months or two, four meetings. It took years. A lot of aspects were looked into. We should recall and inform the Helen Sussman Foundation that when this ZTE permits mm. were presented not only to Zimbabwe, we have done it with, with the uh, Mountain Kingdom of Lesotho as well, you know, the special permits for Lesotho, mm. living and working in South Africa. When this decision was made, a lot of aspects were taken into consideration. The economic living in Zimbabwe, and it was not asylum seekers riding away from wars. It was also, it was mainly based on humanitarian mm. as well as economic reasons why those people were already in South Africa. Mm. Now, you already have people in millions in Inside your country. And the best thing you could do at that time is to, to apply your mind and regulate them. Legal, legalize. legalize them. In, and, 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 and we didn't give them South African citizenship and IDs. We did not do that as a nation. What the Department of Home Affairs or the country has done was to, to you know, register them, give them permits to be in a country with a certain time frame and period and conditions and circumstances. Now, once those circumstances change, uh, whereby Zimbabwe now is still under trade embargo and international sanctions from Europe and the U.S., but the situation has changed. The the the, the government has changed. The, the, you know, understand? So there's changes and there's developments in Zimbabwe. They may still have life here. Mm. Some have families. Some people came here 25 years back. They've got school going children's mm. mm. But Home Affairs is saying to to these people, come forward. There are other permits. Come and pre present mm. your circumstances at a moment in their country. Mm. We will listen and we look at each and every application on its merit. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that to say. And, and they were given time. Remember, they were given six months, then it became one year. Now it is already two years. So in these two years, if I was a Zimbabwe general permit holder or special permit holder, I would have actually went to Home Affairs and present mm. my circumstances. Uh, but I, I think. Uh, foundations like the Helen Sussman Foundation, instead of opposing the state actions and supporting challenges that the country is faced with, we should rather engage and work with the state to try and assist the state. But but in trying to go and challenge them in court and, and, and challenging Minister Mutwali in his capacity as the Minister of Home Affairs, I don't think it's helping the nation. You and many other people on the ground have been crying to say, uh, illegal foreigners are committing that, but these people we are talking about, they're not illegal. Mm. We have legalized them to be in their country. But surely also you can't hold a nation ransom and say, because you let me into your house, I must be allowed to stay indefinitely when there are other permits that all other nations are having to apply for. Absolutely. Uh, for instance, I've got, I've got friends who lived in Mauritius for the last 10 years and their kids only know Mauritius. That's where they're born. Uh, the kids only know Mauritius. But after 10 years, the Mauritian government said, we don't need your skills anymore. You must go back home. Absolutely. It has happened everywhere. It has happened with us as South Africans, mm. although under different circumstances. Sure. You know, there, 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 there was a Duque camp in Botswana. There were camps in Tanzania and mm. all over the world with stringent restrictions. You couldn't leave the camp. Mm. Uh, you couldn't just go and live with the society as you wish and the government does not know who you are. Allow a person in your house, but as the house owner, uh, 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 you understand, or the landlord, you will put terms and conditions of how you stay in my house. Mm. And uh, on a serious note, that we, we have to protect our country and territory. And South Africa has never said, pack and go. Mm. It has never said that to these people. That's not what the Department of Home Affairs and Dr. Motswanele have said. Mm. They have said, 
we had given you a permission to we think you are overstaying or 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 any moment we can't anymore but you know what that's also a fraction mm. if you look at 180,000 zimbabweans with those permits vis a vis uh, five million of them who are in south africa the helen susman foundation should actually not be concerned about the 180 registered people who needs to be corrected mm. or upgraded or sent back home they should look at another 400 or i mean another four million Zimbabwe who are here and they don't have those permits. Because we we know and the government has considered and the Zimbabwean representative organization South Africa, they've all said there's between four point eight to five point two million Zimbabweans living in South Africa. Now we want to go and stretch our hands to talk about 180,000 or mm. 200,000 with those permits. I, I I think we are wasting time and resources on, on those things. But I think Home Affairs is on the right track. Butsang, we are out of time. Thank well, you. It's always an honor, it's always a privilege um, hanging out with you and your experience and your mind and your opinions. And the way you simplify everything for some of us simpletons. Thank you very much and thanks to the followers and the viewers. And that's it for this edition. Hopefully we've shed some light on a few things. Even if you are watching this in the dark, keep your glow, everyone. Wishing you all a wow week in spite of yourselves. Quickly need to thank Amp Studios for hanging out with us. Uh, we love your space. It's an incredible space. Shout out to Africa Podcast Network. Pezulu works for the cinematography. Our audio engineer, magician, artist, the flow, Fraser, And our guest, Butsang Mutimuame Muira. Langa Zulu from Algo at Work Robotics Academy. And comedian, businessman, TV presenter, Jason Goliath. Shout out to our creative director, Kruvesh Mohan. Our show producer, Keleto Mutisakeng. And you can reach us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com.